Yes, we are back from our sabbatical. We've been gone for three months. Wait. Thank you. I think I'm trying to like, wait, are you clapping that I'm, I, you're, that I'm back, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, are you clapping that I'm back or that I was gone? I'm not sure, but... Um, Amen. You need three more months? Yeah. Oh, hey, amen. I just was offered three more months, so thank you. No, it was great. We had a great time. Um, a lot of things. Uh, we, we did a lot. I mean, three months is a long time. We I spent a lot of time reading. Uh, Leslie and I read through all the Gospels. Uh, we had 92 days of sabbatical, and there's 89 chapters in the Gospels. So that was one of the things we did. I read a lot of other things. Spent a lot of time praying, a lot of time soul searching. Uh, we spent some time traveling, some time resting, some 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 time doing some fun things as well. And I just want to, uh, first thing I say, I want to say to you, thank you. Thank you to you guys. You guys are amazing, amazing people. And we're so grateful for you. And, uh, I, I, you know, I assume things kept going while we were gone, right? I mean, this is not your first time meeting together, right? Okay, just check it. No, no, I, I, I appreciate those of you who serve, who lead, our life group leaders, um, just each of you. You guys are an amazing group of people uh, that uh, have your commitment to God. And uh, I appreciate that you, you gave us the space and the time. Uh, as I said last week, this is the first time Leslie and I have done anything like this in the almost 30 years that we've been doing this. Wow. And so, um, so yeah, so, so that we just very much appreciated, appreciated. And a special thank you to Bobby and Hannah Ritter. Uh, they were our people. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're not here. They're like, we're done. We're going to go take our three months. Uh, no, Bobby's actually preaching up in Albany today at our sister congregation up there in Albany. So that's where they are right now. Uh, always hard at work, those two, and uh, very, very grateful for them and their leadership. So again, thank you to our elders. We have two of them that are in the room. Uh, right here, thankful to our, our church board. We have church board members, mm. Caroline uh, and Larry, and maybe others, I'm not sure. Thankful to our administrative staff, the people who put together this policy. This is not just for Leslie and I, but this is something that's going on throughout the whole New York City Church of Christ now, and we're staggering the different sabbaticals uh, for the different ministers. And so, again, thank you, and we love you, and you guys are amazing people. Um, I did do a lot of reading uh, on my sabbatical, or at least a lot of reading for me. Uh, I'm not a, a big reader, but uh, I read three books and um, three and a half books. And uh, well, the half was one that I hadn't finished when I started sabbatical, so I finished that. And just, I always feel the need, I'm going to say this one time, I do audio books, all right? So when I say I read books, I'm going to say that one time, and then I'm not going to qualify it anymore, okay? I've had this internal battle over and over and over. Uh, about can you say you've been reading or do you have to say I listen to it? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I did a lot of reading and I read, as I said, we read the Gospels. Those I actually used the book. Uh, for the, yeah, yeah. So, um, and so, and I'll be honest with you, I'm processing a lot still. I'm still thinking about it. I'm not coming back from sabbatical with a whole little packaged deal, you know, like, hey, it's everything in my life is figured out. Uh, I'm really processing a lot of the things that I've been thinking about and praying about. And so today, for my message, uh, I want to, I'm going to read to you a passage that I've been wrestling with. And, um, and it's not that polished, I'll be honest with you. And I'm still wrestling with it. But I'm going to kind of let you into the process of me wrestling with a passage. And it's on the topic of living out our faith. You know, we want to have faith. 
And having faith is good, but an important part of having faith is living faith. You know, it's not just a, 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 an act of theory that we're talking about, it's, but it's about really living out our faith. And so the particular passage I want to read to you is from Mark chapter 11. Uh, this is a passage, this was, I read this while I was reading through the Gospels, um, and uh, this is something I really, uh, even though I continued to read through the Gospels, I went back to this over and over, and I've really been kind of wrestling with this. It's not a new passage, of course, none of it is. It's something you've probably read before in your life, but it's something that I've really been wrestling with. Mark chapter 11, uh, beginning in verse 12. And again, this is on the topic of, of exercising our faith, kind of living out our faith. Mark chapter 11, verse 12, it says, The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Verse 14, it says, Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard him say it. Now you read on, a couple more things happen, other stuff's going on. But the next day, skip down to verse 20, the, in the, the next day, in the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree from the day before withered from its roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. All right, let's just pause right there for a minute. This is a very interesting, interesting interaction that Jesus is having with a tree that eventually leads to an interaction that he has with his followers and an opportunity to teach them about faith. And not just about theory of faith, but what faith in action looks like. What faith can do, the power of God that can be accessed through our faith. It's a very challenging scripture, so maybe you can understand why I have sort of been wrestling with it. Even though, again, I continued to read on and read through the Gospels, I really kept coming back to this concept. And so I particularly, I've been wrestling with verse 23. I've really been wrestling with it, and I'm going to kind of let you in on some of the insights that I'm gaining, that I'm still wrestling with, and trying hard to put into practice in my life by really living out my faith. So let's go back to verse 23. Jesus says there in Mark 11, verse 23, he says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Amen. That's a pretty epic passage. And it hit me hard. Again, I've read this passage a million times, as probably you have as well. But it hit me hard this one particular time, because the time that I read it, I happened to be sitting up in the upstate New York at a, a resort that the Persings told us about. Thank you very much, Persings. An amazing little getaway place. I was sitting 
on a, on a lake in the Adirondacks looking at a mountain. And so it wasn't the sea, right? But, you know, it was a large body of water. I was out. The sun was coming up. I was praying. I was trying to get, you know, spend time with God. And this just happened to be the next passage that I was reading in my uh, reading of the gospel. So I'm literally looking at a, a large body of water and a mountain. And here's Jesus saying that if anyone says to a mountain, go, throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in your heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So I've got three points I'm going to pull out for you today. Three things I want to share uh, that I've been wrestling with and trying to put into practice. And maybe it will help you as well. I will warn you that each point gets progressively more difficult. All right. So we'll start with the easy ones first. Because, and the reason why it's difficult, because this is a high calling from our leader. This passage, this verse, just this verse, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot before it. There's a lot after it. There's plenty to study. But just, just look at this verse. It's a very high calling from our leader. Point number one about really putting your faith into practice from this verse is this. Very simply, speak. Just speak. Speak. Go back to the verse. Jesus says, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. If anyone says to the mountain what they say will happen so very simply a practical right out of this verse is this speak speak the directive by jesus here is this to speak to your obstacle speak to the mountain use words and issue an audible command to the mountain. That's the directive from Jesus. This may seem weird, but it's really something you see throughout the Bible. There's many examples of people using their words or speaking to do powerful things. Examples. Moses. Remember when he was leading the Israelites and they were thirsty and God was going to provide water for them. God told Moses to do what? Speak. Speak. There's a rock. That rock's going to provide water, which in and of itself is not, not the normal way that it works. But the way you're going to access the water, Moses, is you're going to speak to it. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, Moses did not do what he was supposed to do. In fact, he struck the rock instead of speaking to it. And that caused a whole host of other problems that we won't get. But the command from the Lord was to speak. Speak to the object. Other examples. Again, the Bible's full of them. Ezekiel looked over a valley full of bones. And his directive from the Lord was to speak. To speak to those bones. He did, and amazing things happen. Jesus, an amazing example. Oftentimes, when healing people, he did it a lot of different ways, but one of the ways that he did it was he just 
spoke. In fact, somebody came to him one time and said, you don't even have to come to the situation, Jesus. Just speak. Just say the word. Just, you know, vibrate your vocal cords and it will happen. And of course, the greatest example is God in in the beginning of the book of Genesis. The entire creation that we know happened by speaking. Speaking. And so it's, it may seem on the, uh, uh, you know, sort of up front, well, you, you want me to speak to a mountain? It may seem odd, but it's very much a way that God deals with obstacles in our lives. I tried this recently. I was going to Walmart. We were traveling. We were tired. We were looking for a particular item. We had gone to a Walmart. We were out of town. We were trying to find it. They didn't have this. It was getting late. And we, so we, went, we drove all the way to another Walmart looking for a particular thing. And as I got out of the car, I thought of this verse. And I said, okay, I'm going to put this into practice. So as I'm walking into Walmart, I said out loud, not so loud because there are people around. But I, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I said, Walmart, produce the item we are looking for. Supply us with the thing we want. <laughs> I spoke to Walmart. And we went in, and wouldn't you know that this Walmart had exactly what we were looking for. Okay, now, I, I, I can see, you know, I can see it in your eyes. You're like, Phil, what are you talking about? First of all, why would you why would you use the grand spiritual concepts of the Bible on something trivial like shopping at Walmart? Well, first of all, have you ever been to Walmart? Okay, <laughs> number one. It's a pretty overwhelming place. But, but think about it for a second. What example is Jesus using to illustrate this spiritual point? He's saying, his example was, speak to this random mountain and toss it into this random ocean. What's the spiritual, eternal ramifications of that? What, what eternal problem does that solve? Maybe if you're a civil engineer and you're trying to, you know, build a bridge, or you're, uh, you know, maybe that, but what is the grand eternal plan of that? In fact, Jesus' own example, all of this is prompted from Jesus cursing a tree, right? What's the grand eternal plan there? There's a great verse actually in Luke chapter 17 where Jesus says something very similar about a mulberry tree. He says you can speak to a mulberry tree and tell it to be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Again, what's the grand, what is the grand eternal plan to move a tree out into the middle of the ocean? But these are the examples that Jesus used because the point is it's not the significance of the obstacle that is the issue. It's the exercise of your faith that is an important thing. And faith isn't just for the large, eternal objects in your life. It is for those things, but faith is supposed to be part of your entire life. Even when you're walking in the Walmart parking lot. I'll be honest with you. There are times when I pull into a busy parking lot and it's packed and I just go, God, would you grant me a spot way up front? And then I just drive up there and sure enough, 
someone's pulling out. And, I, and I'm always tempted to go, God, I know you don't really have time for this. But God's not bound by time. It's not like God's like, listen, I am so busy, but all right, let's get this guy a parking spot. You know, I got it. I think that way, but that is not how God works. Again, the point is not the significance or lack of significance of the obstacle to which you are facing. The point is, are you going to face it with faith? And one of the directives, and this is why I've been wrestling with this, is to speak to your obstacle. So I'm going to encourage you to speak to your obstacles. Speak to your your discouragement. Speak to your disappointments. Speak to your fears. Speak to your debt. Speak to your failures. Speak to your ailments. Speak to your injuries. Speak to your wounds, as Sam was talking about earlier. Speak to your anxieties. Speak to them and give them commands to throw themselves into the sea. That is living out your faith. This is right from our leader, man. This is not, I'm not making this stuff up. You see why I'm wrestling. This is very contrary, or not contrary, contradictory. It's very different than what I normally think. All right? That's the word I'm looking for. In fact, even this morning, I was feeling anxious about this sermon because I haven't preached in a long time. And so I said to my sermon, I said, be well delivered, be spirit led, and be helpful to those who hear it. And then I crossed my fingers and I hope it worked out. No, that's not what I did because now that leads me to my second point. The second thing that Jesus says here is this. Believe. Speak, he says. And he says then, believe. You want to live by faith. I know we talk about faith, but you actually want to have faith. You believe. Say to the mountain, it says, go, throw yourself into the sea. And the person who does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So speak and then believe. Okay, I told you, it gets harder. These get harder. And the reason this one is actually a little bit harder than the first one is because you can't fake this. You cannot fake belief. I mean, you may be able to fool me, and I may be able to fool you, yes. We may be able to put on a show externally, but Jesus cuts right through all that. He goes, no, you you do not doubt in your heart. So he's talking about what you really feel and what really is inside. And this you can't fake. In fact, this may have been the point of the fig tree. Because here Jesus came up to a tree that had all its leaves, but it had no figs. And sometimes that's how our faith is. We look, we may look faithful. We may have all our leaves, but when you go deep in there, there may be something missing. There may be something that's not really in our hearts. And so we speak and then we believe. I really wrestle with this too. I really wrestle with this. How do you get yourself to really believe if you don't 
If you have doubts, and I don't doubt God's ability, but I still have doubts at times. How do you really, in your heart, it is not a switch. You can't be just like, all right, oh, good, there we go. You know, you, it's, it's, it's your heart, it's, it's not tangible. So how do you really change? I'm not 100% sure. But I do think it involves honesty. I think it involves honesty. I think it involves admitting that you don't really believe. I think that's part of it. Instead of, you know, faking it, instead of willing yourself to it, instead of maybe hyping yourself or, I, I don't know, whatever, whatever. It, I, think, I think there is a, there's honesty that is needed. Honesty in order to battle this. There's a great example of this in Mark chapter 9. You remember the story, a man was having a problem with his son. His son was sick and he went to Jesus for help. And Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. And the guy said in verse 24 of Luke 9, he says, immediately the the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I love those. Those are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Those are the most amazing eight words right there. I do believe, but I don't believe, right? I mean, help me. I mean, there's an honesty. Of course I believe, but I struggle because I don't believe. And so that's why I say, how do you get there? How do you get your heart, which is so not tangible and you can't grab it and you can't make it do stuff? How do you believe in your heart the way Jesus says? If you're not there, it begins with just being honest. When we went to Walmart, after I spoke to Walmart, we walked in and we went right to the area where the item should have been, and it wasn't there. And we were looking and we were looking, and I was speaking and speaking. I was like, Walmart, you will provide. <laughs> I'm trying to... And, uh, and it wasn't there. It wasn't where it should be. And my daughter was with me, and she goes, you know what? I'm going to go look in a whole other section. I'll be back. I'll come find you. So she disappeared and went off. And so now I'm looking, and I'm walking, and I'm talking. And I'm, <laughs> if you would have seen me, you know, you're like, what is wrong with that man? Uh, um, and I'm walking around, and, I'm, and, and, and I just, then I remembered the second part of this verse. It's not just speaking, but it's believing in your heart and not doubting. And I just... And I just tried to push myself. Of course I believe. I do believe. I God, I believe. <laughs> and then I finally just went, you know what? Maybe you would just count this one up as a fail, you know? Because you know what? It's like, God, I think I don't really believe. I don't really believe. It's a dumb little exercise. We're just looking for this item in this giant store. But I think I'm saying it, but I don't think I really believe it. Mm-hmm. And it was almost right at that moment, that moment of just like honesty with God. I wasn't trying to, to, to do anything. I was just genuinely surrendered and honest. It was almost right then that my daughter walked up and said, Dad, I found it. <laughs> and here, I got a second one just in case. I'm like, oh my gosh, God. I mean, God, I was like, and then I'm walking around and like praising God in Walmart. So I, again, I'm just all over the place <laughs> as I'm walking like wow god that was amazing but again i'm i'm, I'm letting you in. this is the thing i'm wrestling with like what is the perce- I, 
I like procedures. I like to know, do A, B, and C, and then God will have to do D. You know, I like that. First of all, God doesn't have to do anything. But I am trying to wrestle with his word to figure out what he wants from me. And so this is what I wrestle with. So what do you, obviously, we've got to believe. But how do we deal with our hearts when we are having a hard time believing? Well, again, I think you just got to be honest. I think you got to, like this man in, in Mark 9, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Speak, believe, and then finally, watch and wait. <laughs> they don't rhyme. Sorry, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of practice. My points. They don't rhyme. They don't spell anything. They just are with it. Speak. This is exercising faith. Speak to your obstacle. Believe what you've said. And then finally, watch and wait. Now, this part of the faith exercise is the hardest, in my opinion. I told you, they're getting progressively harder. Watch away. And this part, this point, is not based on, let me, let me say it this way. This part is based not on what the Bible says in this, in this passage, but actually on what the Bible doesn't say. watching and waiting isn't in the, the passage I just read. But I'm saying that because of what the passage doesn't say. Jesus gives us an amazing promise. Speak and believe and it will be done. That's the promise. But notice a glaring absence of something. How and when. Glaring absence. How is it going to happen and when is it? That's why I'm saying, watch and wait. Do you see that? Jesus says, say to the mountain, throw yourself into the sea. And if you believe in your heart, it will be done. You know, Dave Mitchell did an amazing message on Wednesday night about assumptions. Awesome. I, hope, I don't know if it was recorded. If you didn't hear it, I hope it was recorded. If not, Dave will do it for us later, right? We'll redo the whole thing. But it was an amazing, really talking about how in our lives we assume things and we act on our own assumptions and then how that carries over into the scriptures. And the point that really resonated with me from what Dave said was the only person that really hurts from that is you. So it's worth going back and revisiting your assumptions. And uh, really kind of based on that same thing, I think that we make assumptions with God's promises. If we're not careful, we will make very similar assumptions. We think, well, I spoke and then I believed. So why hasn't the mountain moved? That's, that's our assumption. And the assumption that we have is that because I did it, it's supposed to happen right now. But again, as I said, there is no reference to logistics and time in this. In fact, in fact, there I haven't you know I haven't studied all this out. This is a, a theme that you see throughout the scriptures. This idea of God making promises without reference to time and logistics. Think about a couple of examples. It's just a couple. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good 
of those who love him. That's an amazing promise. In all things. That's a huge promise. In all things. That means everything. I got a flat tire on the way to church today. Yep, in that thing too. You know, uh, you know I don't have enough money to pay the rent. In that thing too. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Everything. But when? And how? Doesn't say. Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Ah, what an amazing promise. But when? And exactly how? How do I get this? Doesn't say. Psalm 37, verse 4. This is a great one. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amazing promise. But when? I'd kind of like those desires today. Can we schedule that for tomorrow, Lord? And exactly how? I, I know how I would like my desires to play out, but that might not be God's plan. Again, I have not fully studied this out, okay? So I'm not ready to make a, 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 a emphatical statement here, but it seems like most of God's promises don't deal with time and logistics. Why? Well, I wonder if it's because those are two things that God is not limited by. We are. We're very much limited by logistics and time. But God isn't. It is not a limitation for God. Jesus, hey, we're having a party. We're completely out of wine. I guess we're just not going to have anything to drink. I got an idea. Why don't you just put some water in those pots and it'll turn into wine. Hey, Jesus, there's 5,000 people here that need food. And if we had a year's wages, it still wouldn't be enough for each of them to even have a crumb. You know what? Why don't you take those fish, a couple bread, we'll feed everybody full. They'll be full. Hey, Jesus, all your friends are on a boat out in the middle of the lake. Oh, there's a storm. And you're here on the shore and there's no boats. I guess you're just going to have to wait till the next ferry comes along. No, you know what? I need to get my steps in anyway. I'll just walk. <laughs> And so I wonder if the reason why, if the reason why many of God's promises, not all of them, there are some promises that have time and logistics attached to them, but many of them, the ones that we hold on to very dearly, don't have time and logistics, maybe because Jesus, because God is not limited by them. How will God do it? When will God do it? I don't know. But isn't that the point? You're going to have to have some faith. You're going to have to have some faith. It it is amazing, though, to watch God work Mm -hmm. on his time and his way. Mm -hmm. I'll close out with this little story. When I was on sabbatical, I went down to visit my mom. My mom lives in Florida. And it was just me, not the whole family. But I just went down to spend a couple days with her. She lives alone. She's 81 years old. And uh, this particular visit was a little more difficult because I talked to my siblings and uh, I call it the sibling council. And uh, we, we, made, we decided, you know, we needed to work, get some same things in place with my mom, uh, talking about her future and where she's going to go. And my mom was very open to it and very receptive. And I was sort of the representative. So when I was there for this particular trip, you know, mom and I had to go to, to meet with a lawyer. Uh, we filled out some power of attorney paperwork. We made sure her will, everything was in line, you know, and again, my mom was very open. It wasn't difficult logistically, but it was very difficult emotionally. 
because you're having to talk about and think about things, uh, a future, uh, things I just don't want to think about, and I just don't want to, but, but we had to. And so it, it, was, it, was a, it was a good trip, and it was great to see my mom, and then when I came back here, uh, I had a layover in Charlotte, and so I was there for like an hour, I got off the plane, and I just sat down, and I, and I prayed, and I was like, God, I, don't, I just feel terrible, and I don't know why, and um, I'm just kind of praying through it and praying through it. And I realized as I was praying, I was like, God, I'm just sad. Uh, this whole conversation, this whole thing. Uh, oh, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I got my own. No, no. <laughs> I didn't want to be rude. I thought you were bringing me water, but enjoy your water, bro. I, I got water. Thank you, Sam. I'm sorry. I, I got distracted there. Um, it's okay. Yeah, I was sitting in the airport. I'm feeling sad. And I'm, I'm praying. And, and it was through prayer that I realized I'm just sad. I'm just sad. There's no way around it. There's no really cure for it. I'm just sad. And it's okay. And I'm sad. I mean, it's not okay, but I'm sad. Uh, and I'm grieving and, and, and just thinking about my mom's future. And, um, and then I got up and I had to go to the gate and catch my plane to Newark. And I don't know if you've ever traveled abroad and you go and you're in an airport and you're flying back to the New York area and you go to the gate and this, it was crowded and packed and it, 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 when it's, and it's just full of New Yorkers, right? And they're just different, <laughs> you know, it's different than anybody. They're louder, they're more assertive. I mean, it just, the airport can be calm, but then the group of New Yorkers sitting over there, right? You know, so I went into the group and again, you know, just, you know, going home, sat down. And as I sat there, uh, I couldn't help but to notice sitting on the floor was an older woman uh, and a younger woman. And the older woman was weeping. I mean, she was weeping. And it wasn't just crying, it was weeping. Mm -hmm. And the younger woman was trying to console her. Mm -hmm. And I saw it from a distance, again, crowded area. I saw it and I thought immediately, I thought, she lost somebody. Like I I just related to that grief. Mm -hmm. That woman has lost somebody. That's the kind of tears it was. And so I, I just thought I felt for her and, and then, but I waited, we got on the plane and I, I, I was sitting in the back. I had the window seat, there was an empty middle seat and then there was a guy in the aisle. And I'm sitting there and we're sitting, um, this, the flight attendant comes down and she's asking people in the aisle seat if they'd be willing to move to allow two people to sit side by side and not split them up. And as they're getting closer, I realized the two people that she's trying to seat together are these two women that I saw. And, um, and again, I'm thinking, I just, you know, I, I was like, oh no. And they came, I was a little resistant because I just didn't want that, to be honest. Uh, but the flight attendant came and asked the guy in, in the aisle seat. He got up, he said, no problem. And he left and, and she sat the two women right next to me. Wow. And again, we're in a crowded airplane. We're in the back, every seat is full. And I'm sitting right next to these two women. Uh, the younger woman's here and the older woman is on the outside. And, and again, just weeping and weeping. And I sat there and, and I heard them talking and I, I just didn't know what to do. And I thought, God, I, I just, I'll wait and see how you, you tell me, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. I don't want to insert myself. I don't want, I don't know. And um, as the plane took off and as they were, it, it really became uncomfortable because you know, when you're sitting close together, 
people kind of ignore themselves. It's hard to ignore somebody who's that greedy. So finally, I just prompted by the spirit, I just said to the young woman, I said, I am so sorry for your loss. Um, and she just, you could see the relief. Because though they were hurting, I think they were very conscious of, of what was going on. And just having another person acknowledge it and, and, and uh, connect, it just sort of gave them some protection. You know, it wasn't my plan. I didn't know what, but I see it was amazing to watch how God worked. Turned out that the older woman just lost her daughter. And the other woman with her was her other daughter. So it was her sister. She's a married woman. She, she died. They were coming to New Jersey. And um, I said, I'm a minister. Uh, my wife and I live in New Jersey. Here's my number. If I can do anything, if you need anything, I will help you. And they were very grateful. Uh, took my number. They, after the, the flight ended and, and they left, and, and I never heard from them again. I reached out to her at one point just to see. But, you know, they, 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 I, they never got back to me. But I was amazed because I thought I was just praying about how grieved I was. And had I not been in that spot, I don't know that I would have been helpful to the people that were sitting right there. And I sat back in some, you know, some, some sort of God way. I went, wow, that was God. That was God using my situation to help a complete stranger, at least to provide a little bit of comfort as they flew home to New Jersey. And so I'm just saying that when we let God, when we watch and we wait and we let God do his work, it's so much more effective. It's so much more powerful than what we could have orchestrated on our own. Speak, believe, watch and wait. It's a very inspiring slash challenging verse. Um, if you have trouble with what I'm saying, go back to the, to the master because he's the one who said it. So <laughs> I welcome you to wrestle with it uh, as I have been. But not just to wrestle, but to really even begin to put it into practice. Let us not just be trees with leaves and no fruit. Let us be genuine. Let us have true faith, real faith. Let us live out our faith. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen.